as opposed to doing the things and using what I talked about earlier, force, pressure, shame to get there because you can, you can do it that way. And that's where you see people get to the point where they've got this success, but they don't feel successful on the inside. I don't want that for you. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and today I am coming to you from my (laughs) pyjamas. I will not be recording this as one of the video podcasts over on Spotify. I know I have talked a lot about visibility lately and I really had this episode on my heart and I was going about pottering Sunday morning, right? So the boys are at cricket. I'm pottering around the house. I'm making a roast dinner. I'm cleaning. I'm making the beds. And this episode will not leave me alone. It's like it's following me around the house, right? And I thought, oh, this is tricky because I want to record this, but I want to record it as a video episode. And I was getting all up in my head about it. And I was like, hang on a minute. Who says that you have to? This these are the weird, this is the weird shit that we do to ourselves, right? I know you'll be able to relate to this. Who says that you have to? do it perfectly to do it. You can just do it. And weirdly this morning on my Instagram stories time hop thing, um, I posted this a couple of years ago and it says the imperfect idea that you share is better than the perfect idea that stays inside your mind. The 20 minute walk you do is better than the 5k run you don't do. The difficult conversation you have is better than the resentment that comes with not speaking your truth. Don't let your quest for unobtainable perfection hold you back from fulfilling your potential. And I thought, come on, Nick, like, fine, you want to be more visible. That's one of your things that you are working on at the moment. But that doesn't mean that you have to be working on it 100% of the time. And so what was happening is I was going around the house being followed by this episode that I'm going to get into. Don't worry, I am going to stop jabbering on in a sec. I was being followed around the house by this episode, sort of turning around to it and saying, oh no, well, I can't get you out yet because I have to be washed and have my makeup on and do my hair. And I just thought that's ridiculous. So these are the silly old rules that we use to confine ourselves with. And I know that you will be doing that to yourself. Maybe you've got a health goal at the moment or maybe, yeah, maybe it's like a running goal and you're like, yeah, but I can't do that 5k run. So I just won't do it at all. Or no, I've said that I'm going to be bolder in business. So that means that you're not taking the really small steps that compound over time. Whatever that is for you, take this and my little tiny lesson that I'm giving, I'm sharing with you before we get into this episode as your sign to just do whatever it fucking is that you're meant to be doing that you want to be doing and do it imperfectly. So just because you've got this goal, like I have of being more visible in my business, that doesn't mean that you have to be working on it all of the time, especially not to the detriment. And that's a really important point before I move on. Sometimes we can have the best intentions when we have these goals that are good for us, right? We know that they're good for us in life or in business, but not when they start being weaponized against us. So that as an example this morning is a great one. You know, I was saying, oh no, I can't possibly do that episode because I've got this thing. I want to be more visible and I wouldn't be recording it visibly and blah, blah, blah. And it was, anyway, it's a good episode. We're going to get into it. You've got the message. Let's go. Today, I want to talk to you about how to make personal development feel less vulnerable. Many, many, many of my clients come to me and they'll say, I work on myself. I do personal development. I'm into personal development and I know that place really well. And what I'm listening for in my consultation calls, what I'm listening for is the depths of which they have explored that. 
So I, you, you guys know if you've been here for a little while, I've been in learning development since I was 18. I think I'm 37 this year. I know it sounds odd that I don't know how old I am, but I really don't. Maybe, I'm definitely not 38 and I might be 36, somewhere in that region, right? So I've been doing this a long time and I know that place that it feels really frustrating that you know that you're into personal development, you know that you like to read the books and you're interested in the way that the mind works and the theories. But the frustration that my clients seem to come to me with initially is, look, Nick, I'm doing it. I'm looping. I'm doing it. And I know the stuff, but I'm just not practicing it. And that's the thing. Most people know what they want, right? They know that they want to be more assertive in their work. They know they want to be more visible in business. They know they want to be more calm and collected and less, um, you know, more meaningfully busy. They don't want to be running around like a headless chicken. They know the outcome that they want. And normally, if they're into in inverted commas, if they're into personal development, they will also know, they'll also be very likely aware and willing to work on the skills to do it. So for example, if I if I use the examples, what I've just said, I've just said visibility, I've just said being calm and collected and not running around like a headless chicken. There was another one that I've just used, oh, more assertive as well, didn't I? said that one. Let's use those as our examples just so I can introduce and set the context of this episode. So if I start with visibility, you might, if you want to be more visible in business, you might develop the skill of talking to camera. And that might be something that you go, yeah, I get it. I know that that's something that I need to work on. I want to work on because I want to be more visible. I want that outcome. But and you might, you might therefore develop the skill or skills, i.e. talking to camera, that help you to do it. But if we don't make space and work on the discomfort of rejection that might come when you're more visible in your business, then that is going to undermine all of the skills work that you're doing. You might say, I don't want to be a headless chicken. I don't want to be running around. I don't want to be busy all the time. I want to be calm and collected and, you know, decisive and grounded in my business. And therefore you might say, yes, so I am going to work on this, developing the skill of planning my time more effectively and, you know, making more leadery decisions in my business. It's great. But if you're not developing the tolerance of the discomfort of saying no to people and that feeling that comes with letting people down, then unfortunately, you can do all of the skills development that you want. You're not going to hold, you're not going to have the capacity to hold the skills that you're developing. And so that's going to undermine that skills development. Let's say that you want to be more assertive in business, right? So you might say, I know I'm going to work on the skill of being more um, assertive in my communication, in my emails and verbally in meetings and stuff like that. That's great. But if you're not also holding the discomfort of disappointing others in your assertiveness, and if you're not holding the discomfort, this is one with assertiveness that I'm laughing because it happens mostly every time. Mostly every time one of my clients wants to work on their assertiveness skills, they it's like watching Bambi on ice, right? It's like they start being assertive and they slip into being aggressive and they're like, shit, I took it too far. <laughs> but that's the discomfort. We have to hold our skills development through who we are becoming behaviorally and the emotions that come with all of that. And the, you know, sometimes the humility to say, listen, I'm working on this and I apologize. I'm going to get it wrong. You know, 
So the work that I will be doing, a lot of you have heard me talk about it and I'm going to ramp up talking about it because the doors are closing this week to Evolve. A lot of the work that I'm going to be doing with my clients in Evolve. And the, by the way, I'm this is an this episode, this whole episode is an invitation for you to join. Please, if this resonates with you, what I'm about to talk about, what I'm already talking about, really consider joining Evolve. There is capacity still. You are still able to join us. The work that I'll be doing in there is the stuff that often gets unnoticed that is required if you want to make some of this stuff stick. And that's not flippant. That's not a flippant thing for me to say. Personal development, it often doesn't stick. Any development, right? So when I go into, I still do a lot of corporate work. And when I go into businesses and I deliver workshops on how to not micromanage people, how to empower people, how to develop your leadership skills, a lot of the reason why they notice the difference between the workshops that I deliver and usually the training that they've had in the past is because what I'm doing with them in these workshops is not only telling them about the skills that we're going to be developing, but also the very human um, emotional regulation that needs to happen in order for them as individuals to hold the capacity for this skills development that from that workshop, they're going to then go off and do. And that's that's what I mean about making it stick. This work will not last. This personal development work, it will not last if you're not also focusing on and developing the emotional capacity to hold the discomfort that comes with developing yourself. And this, by the way, is why you might find yourself really like liking Instagram posts, for example, and going, oh, I love that. And I know that but I just don't do it. This is why you might find yourself reading a book, like a personal development book, and then shaming yourself. And you know, that sounds like, oh yeah, but that makes so much sense. But why can't I do it? I get that. That makes so much sense. I knew that even, like that shame that comes with, oh, I knew that there's another thing I'm not doing. Oh, there's another way that I'm a bit of a failure you know, and you, you, you weaponize personal development against yourself in that way. Another way that I see this playing out is people go into, um, sort of giving up mode, convinced cycles of on or off the wagon. Like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh no, I'm not actually. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. And you'll see that in yourself. If you think about in business or with yourself personally, some of the things that you've tried to do to facilitate your own development, you'll notice that there've been times where you've been like, yes, I'm doing it. It's happening. I'm developing. I'm growing. This feels great. And then shit, I'm not, ah, stop doing that. I stopped practicing that. I'm not doing that anymore. Why is that? Oh, I was doing so well. Why aren't I doing it anymore? Right? You probably can relate to that. So a big danger with the to be honest, the personal development world, but your personal development and the way that that's, you're facilitating that for yourself is if we spend time identifying the skills that we want to develop to get us the outcome that we want without recognizing and being willing to do the work, to evolve ourselves, to make that work work, <laughs> it matters. It matters because it's impacting your mental health. It matters because it's impacting your relationships. It matters because it's impacting your bottom line. You can probably hear from the way that I've explained this so far, that the ramifications of you doing this work, 
doing personal development, being into personal development, basically knowing the stuff, but not practicing it. The ramifications of that, you can probably already feel them. You're probably listening to this right now going, oh, I could list them. I could list what is how that's playing out in, inside of myself, with my relationship with myself. I could tell you how that's impacting the relationship with my partner or my children or my team or my clients. I could probably see how it's impacting who I am in business and how I'm showing up and how effective I'm being and and not. And the things that I just will not go for, fully go all in for, because I'm not supporting myself through that process. In fact, funny, and I'll mention this and then I'll get into me sharing the tips because I do have some prompts for you in this episode too. Although it's it's a tiny little snippet of what the work that I'm going to be doing in Evolve. I want to share with you some of the things that you can take away and be like, so how, how do I, if that's, I get it. And if that's what I'm doing, and if that's why my personal development sort of um, investment in myself isn't being as effective as it could be, what the fuck do I do about it? I'm going to help you with that in this episode. And that's a small snippet of the work that we're going to be doing in Evolve. But I want to tell you very quickly, I think I've mentioned this in a recent episode, but if I haven't, because I talk a lot, right? <laughs> so I'm on the phone to, I'm on Zoom to my clients, I'm on Zoom to the people inside the Thrive First Method. So sometimes I think I've mentioned something in a podcast episode and it wasn't. It was like <laughs> one of my clients texted me the other day and she was like, you, that wasn't on the podcast, that was talking to me. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you this, just in case I haven't already mentioned it. One of my clients inside the Thrive First Method, she was telling me about her goal and she was saying, you know, I this goal is so much bolder, but so much more connected to who I am and who I want to be in business and where I'm going. But I don't seem to be able to take the steps towards making the goal happen. And I was like, okay, so, you know, you've identified that this goal is much more bold um, than, you know, you would previously go for. How are you supporting yourself through that? And shoot, like, it was like this blank look. And you, for all of you listening, the penny's probably dropping, right? You're probably realizing what I'm about to say. And it's the penny that dropped for her. And the line was, the bolder the goal, the bolder and more supportive and nourishing and nurturing the self-support. We often think that we can force ourselves with motivation, with pressure, with shame sometimes into performing in inverted commas. You know, we often think that that's going to do the trick for us, that we can get there in inverted commas if we just put enough pressure on ourselves, if we just feel the fear and do it anyway and wince and grit our teeth through it. And I'm here to say that actually you can do it those ways and that will work for a time, but it's not sustainable and it's not sustainable because you can't feel like shit all your life. You can't, (laughs) you can't. And I know that because some of the clients that I get are mid forties to late forties going, listen, Nick, I've tried that and I've tried it for a long time and now I want to try a different way. They've, they've got the t-shirt of that place. And they're like, nah, I know that there's another way for me to have my external success that doesn't cost me my self-esteem, who I think I am as a person, my relationship with myself, my relationship with my health. I know that there's a better way, you know? So that is where I'm going to launch into the tips and the things that I would like you to consider of how the fuck are you supporting yourself when the personal development that you want to do, the outcome that you're trying to generate, whether that's 
but and they're always connected, right? So if the outcome that you're trying to generate is to be more visible in your business, that's usually because you, it's connected in some way to your business results. If you want to be more, you know, less like a headless chicken and more calm and collected in the way that you navigate your time and your decisions, it's usually because it's affecting your business. If you want to be more assertive with your team or your clients or your colleagues, that's normally because it's affecting you in business. But And, and although that there's those external results that we are aware of, we also know how it feels. And so I often find with personal development, skills development, and the behavioral and emotional regulation that goes underneath that, it's almost like the way I see it in my mind visibly is like two parallel lines. And that's what I meant before, like the bolder the goal that that line needs to be running in parallel and that underneath line that's supporting it is your self-support. It's like, how are you supporting yourself if you've done something extremely, um, quote unquote, scary that day? Are you just forcing yourself through it? Are you actually supporting yourself? How are you, you get it, right? So let me go into um, some of the tips that I've got for you in this episode. So as I've mentioned a lot of what I'm about to talk about is a tiny piece of the puzzle, a tiny part of the work that we'll be doing in Evolve. And this is an underlying theme of the work that I do with my one-to-one clients. And I want to say before I get into this, by the way, it, when you start practicing some of the things that I'm about to tell you about, it may, I'm not saying it's going to, but it may come up for you. So I want to address it. There might be a little bit of feeling sad for yourself in the past of the way that you've been treating yourself. And the only thing I can relate it to is for those of you who've had an adult diagnosis of ADHD, and that's because some of my clients have, it's sort of the, the, the explanation is quite similar. It's like, it's like looking back and realizing you were expecting something of yourself that was a complete, like extreme and unfair and almost unkind expectation. What I'm about to explain, it's not groundbreaking and some of it is, all of it is going to make a lot of sense to you. If you practice it, you're going to real, you're going to look back on your old self and be like, oh, I was a bit of a bitch to you. I was a bit of an arsehole expecting you to do all of that stuff and not actually be as supported as you needed to be. So just hold space for yourself for that. And what I mean by hold space is don't judge yourself. Don't use this episode as another stick to beat yourself with. Before I head into it, it was really important for me to say that because there's a lot of self-judgment that we can put on our old selves who didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? You can't practice what you don't know to practice. And so as we grow and we evolve, and <laughs> we develop new um, ways of being and put new tools in our tool belt. It's really important that we then don't look back on our old selves and be like, oh, you dickhead, <laughs> don't do that. Um, and I also want to say that you will learn in this episode, just some ways to support yourself. What I'm about to talk about use them. Don't just let this episode, I'm going to write these up so that they'll be on a blog and I'll link the blog in the show notes. Don't use this episode as something that was lovely to listen to. Actually use them. And it's up to you how you do that. You might have a journaling practice that you do every single morning. Maybe you're going to take one prompt and put it into your practice. Maybe you're going to do it that way. Maybe you're going to say, I'm going to 
pin this episode, I'm going to take a screenshot of where she's up to, what minute it is now. And I'm just going to come back to this part of the episode when I'm driving and pick one thing out and practice talking to myself about that in the car. Don't care. Don't care how you do it. It's just important that you don't just listen to this episode and let it wash over you. It's important that you actually do this work. That's by the way, the biggest difference with you listening to these episodes and loving them and actually coming and doing this work with me. One is I have absolutely no involvement in how you're going to implement this shit. And the other is I am running shoulder to shoulder with you. That's the biggest difference. So anyway, let's go. For the first one, I'm going to use an example. I might use examples for all, but I'm going to definitely going to use an example for this one. Let's say that you are the one that wants to be bolder in business. There are things that you really want to do um, that require you to step up, to do things differently, to take bigger, bolder steps. Now, on the face of it, that might look like I'm going to be doing more. I'm going to be doing, you know, more work. I'm going to be really smashing it out of the park, blah, 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 blah. It's not. Normally, it's not. Normally, what my clients experience is when they want to achieve more external things in their business, so that could be in financial terms, it could be in you know, releasing products or services um, that they hadn't previously done. It could be, you know, stepping up their leadership with their team, whatever it is, right? What they often don't prepare for is actually this normally requires them to do higher value activities and less low value activities. And the thing that they haven't prepared internally for is to be less busy. I know, right? What normally happens, and I I say this to my clients all of the time, is if you want to be bolder in business, you are going to have to develop the internal capacity to stop being addicted to your busyness. A lot of them will have this um, pattern in which they work, right? So it's normally like I get up and I do these things and I work from these times. And some of them have come to me in the habits of, and then I put the kids to bed and then I carry on working and I pick the kids up and I'm answering my emails in the playground, that kind of shit, you know? And there's no real line between them and their business. And they They've sort of led themselves to unconsciously believe that if, sorry, that if they were bolder in business, it would require even more of that. And so usually they're like, I want more for myself. I want more for my business. I want more for my team, but I don't feel like I can do it this way. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you're right. And one of the things that we prepare them for is actually doing less. Now, I don't, I don't think I need to say this, but I'm just going to caveat this with, I am not your girl for work less, let it be easy, sit on a beach with a laptop. I mean, firstly, have you ever sat on a beach with a laptop? The sand and laptops do not work. Um, I'm not dissing that. What I am saying is this isn't as simple as that. It's nuanced. It's got context. And the context is when you say, I want to I want to be bolder. I want to do bolder things. You are going to have to create the internal safety that releases your old conditioning that says you are only worthy when you are at full capacity. You are only valuable or seen to be valuable when you are very very busy. And you're going to have to start to get comfortable with doing things and being ways that you haven't previously been. What does that look like? Well, 
the way that I normally get my clients to start going about it is to start scheduling in things like obligation free time. That's actually quite an advanced um, thing to do. We don't usually start there. Uh, I'll tell you why in a sec. But scheduling things like, um, you know, can you put a spin class in? When do you normally finish? I normally finish at four. Okay. Can you put a spin class in at half two? And the reason that I get them to use this replacement technique is to show them that actually it's safe. You can replace some of the busy work that you've been doing with scheduling in something for yourself. Or can you take yourself in the kitchen and cook your evening meal? Like something very simple. The reason why we don't start with obligation free time is because obligation free time is like a big old chunk of time that you are not obliged to do anything. But if you are so heavily addicted to being busy, the likelihood is that you'll be like, oh, well, I'll just fiddle about on um, a spreadsheet or on Canva, or I'll just send this email. And all of a sudden you're back to your old ways. This is exactly the point. It's like developing a skill, but not having the emotional capacity to deal with what comes up when you're developing that skill. This is the work right? So this first, this first prompt that I want to give you is if you're someone who wants to be bolder in business, if you're someone who wants to be making bigger moves and by bigger moves, what I mean is you know that there are things that you want to do be or have, but you are not going after them. I want you to first assess your relationship with the feeling of being busy as opposed to being very meaningfully productive. How, and there are simple questions that you can ask yourself in order to help yourself realize this. How safe and comfortable do you feel stepping away from your desk where it is that you work in a time when you feel you should be connected to it? And that's like, that's like a really basic one. Let me ask you to ask yourself a few more. Next, the the other thing that you want to ask yourself is how tolerant am I at processing other people's judgments when I change my working habits? So you may have someone in mind, right, that you care what they think about you and you don't want to show them that you're not busy because if they see that you're not busy, they might think that you're not working hard and therefore you do not deserve X, Y, and Z. So what is your capacity to tolerate in that discomfort um, of the, the kind of negative opinions that come from your new ways of being? And can you develop that within yourself? Because what often what we are looking for in other people's opinions is actually something that we first need to be providing for ourselves. It sounds a little bit like, yeah, I am going to go to that spin class at half two. I am comfortable with myself in that space, even if they mis misperceive me, even if they think, well, she mustn't be very successful or busy. I'm comfortable in what I am and who I am, even if they make those judgments of me. Very personal example on this. I remember when my dad was um, alive and um, able, uh, if you don't know, my dad passed from dementia, but when he was able and he was driving around and he, anyway, I worked from home at the time and I remember I think, I think I still work for a company, but I remember I was like still pottering around. It was still like half 10. I think I'd been the gym. I hadn't finished what I hadn't started, sorry, working yet. And he um, came to drop something off. And I think I'd just got, got out of the shower. Anyway, I wasn't dressed. And I remember he pulled up and he said to me, oh, all right, are you not working? And I said, oh yeah, I'm going to start work soon. And he went, oh, all right for some. And my dad was like a, he was a elbow in the ribs kind of guy. He was a joker. Like he always had a twinkle in his eye. He was a beautiful, beautiful man. But 
one of the things that was very, very um, entrenched in his being was hard work ethic, really, really hard work ethic. Um, and that's definitely something that's filtered down into I, my sisters and I, I can't speak for them, but definitely me. Um, well, know them too, to be fair. And um, anyway, when he said that, he meant it. I know that he meant it as a little joke, like, oh, all right, for some. But actually, it felt like a huge, I don't know, not rejection, but judgment of like, oh my God, my dad doesn't think I work hard enough. Or my dad thinks I'm a lazy bastard. Or, oh my God, my dad might not be proud of me. At this point, I was a grown ass woman. <laughs> I was a grown up. I was not someone who, I was not a child anymore. Uh, you know, on the face of it, I had my own mortgage, my own family, my own career. I shouldn't need my father's approval. And this is what I mean. There is still, I believe, a small child that lives inside of all of us that is seeking to be validated. And in that moment, I recognize my own tiny child going, oh my God, I don't want my dad to think these things about me. I do. And it doesn't feel good. Like it felt really good up until that point. Felt really empowered. I felt like I was doing what I wanted to do and I was living the way I wanted to live and I was being the way I wanted to be in business. And I felt really pumped about the day. And that's exactly the point of this episode. I was doing the things without really having the emotional capacity to deal with those judgments. And I want you to know that even had my dad have not pulled up that day and said those things, I want you to know that that still lived within me. So that that um, would have cropped. That would have probably cropped up anyway. Those judgments outside of me probably would have cropped up inside of me. The only thing that that my dad saying it did was made me realise it still lived within me, and it was still something that clearly needed to be worked on. And you know, for that reason, I'm grateful for that experience because it showed me. It mirrored back to me where my work was. That's the point. Where are you saying, I want to achieve all of these big, bold things in business, but you're still hanging on to or trying to validate old identities or parts of yourself that would see it as wrong or bad for the way that you be when you're bolder in business and therefore you won't be. Make sense? Next one. Let's say that your skill that you want to develop is to be less of a people pleaser. Let's say that you want to, you know, put your opinions and preferences before pleasing others. Um, and that might be in business, the way that that might come out is I want to do more of what I think that my clients will need and not be always led by being told what I should do. Or, or maybe you work for a business and you want more autonomy over the decisions that you make instead of people pleasing all the time and bending to other people's preferences. Or maybe it's personally, maybe you are, maybe you really want to do more of X, Y, and Z for yourself, but you're not, you're people pleasing others. Um, yeah, they're the examples that I'll give. You, you get it. What I want you to consider is you might be doing things to try to action your way through, personal development your way through, outgrowing your tendencies. So 
again, you might be using personal development and the action. And I do believe in that I'm an advocate for it, but only with the adequate and appropriate self-support. So I want you to ask yourself the questions. If, if you are trying to stop pleasing others as a priority over putting your own preferences first, what I want you to ask yourself is how often and how able do I feel to hold my thinking of myself in high regard? And if you might be, you might be recognizing the language that I'm using here because actually, again, some of this is on the Evolve sales page. This is exactly the work that we're going to be doing. How able are you to think of yourself in high regard without seeking other people's opinions of you? And how easily and how quickly does your opinion of yourself change when you get that opinion outside of yourself given to you? Where is there strength in your own opinion of yourself? Disregard, sorry, not disregard, uh, regardless of their opinion of you, regardless of what they think of you. Now, what I'm not saying here is that the work to do is stop caring what people think, because I don't believe that that's possible. I genuinely don't. I care what people think of me. I think it's very human and very natural and very normal to care what others think of us. But I think that there is a unwritten and untalked about thing when it comes to personal development and people pleasing and boundaries and, you know, putting my preferences first and all of this stuff is what is my self-concept? How do, how am I developing my self-concept? And when I'm abandoning myself to people please others, what is that costing me in seeking the other person's approval as opposed to developing what I think about myself. And further questions to this that I want you to consider is, when I'm starting to uphold stricter boundaries in the um, in support of what I want, so let me say that sentence again because I fucked it up a little bit. When I am when I am upholding stronger boundaries in support of what I want for me and my preferences, how am I also supporting myself for potentially being criticised, potentially being rejected, potentially being misunderstood, potentially having opinion, other people having opinions of me that feel like they're not fair and not justified and unwanted. How am I developing those, the, the capacity and the tolerance to hold that within myself and not shame myself for it? So not join in with that thinking. What I find a lot that happens a lot of the time is we want these things, but we don't even step even close towards it because we think that these hypothetical things will happen and therefore we don't even try. And so when people start to try and they start to um, step into things like upholding more boundaries and stopping people pleasing and putting their own preferences before that of others, there's these hypothetical imagined stories of what we think might happen if we start doing these things and we go right the way back to point A. We wanted to get to point B where this is a developed and habitual behavior. And we don't even let ourselves make any progress or 
any meaningful progress towards point B because we started doing that and we shit ourselves because we didn't have, we hadn't been doing that thing I talked about, that parallel underline of supporting ourselves with the actions that we're taking, with the behavioral change that we're making through our actions in life and in business. And therefore we go all the way back. We retract all the way back and we think there's something wrong with us. We make it mean something about us. There's nothing wrong with you. You can create change for yourself. It's just about knowing how that change works. This is what I wanted to highlight for you in this episode. So I really hope those, I could go on, honestly, there are, I've got one, two, three, I've got four more big examples that I could have brought out in this episode, you know, around things like visibility, the things I talked about at the beginning of the episode, visibility, feeling calm and collected, not running around like a headless chicken, being more assertive and, and um, what's the word? decisive, those kinds of things. But I think that you get the gist of where I'm coming from. And I really do think if you take the prompts that I've given you in this episode and you start to work with them and genuinely like in action, like actually start to work with them, not just asking yourself, but actually taking action on them. Okay. So how am I supporting myself when other people potentially could have an opinion of me? And if you notice that, oh, I'm not supporting myself at all, if anything, I'm not even noticing my own opinions of me, then that's where you start. That's where you start. If you're like, I don't even know, I don't know, am I supporting myself? I don't even know. Then that's where you start. You start by noticing, am I supporting myself or not? You start, it's the the best way I can explain this is if I wanted to change my eating habits, let's say I wanted to start you know, eating more vegetables and eating more fiber and better quality foods. If that was me, if that's what I wanted to do, where I would start is I would just start by logging what I'm doing now, not changing it, just start logging what I'm doing now. Because in logging what I'm doing now, I might realize, oh, actually, vegetable intake is quite good. I thought it wasn't. You notice what is real when you hold a mirror up to yourself. Start there. Just start by seeing what is real for you. It is so easy to get all up on our own heads of, oh, I've got this to do and that to do and I'm shit here and I'm shit there. And I want to tell you, by the way, I want to wrap up this episode by saying, I should have said this at the beginning. Ah, I hate it when I do this to myself. You're evolving anyway. You are evolving anyway. Life and business will present to you, whether you like it or not, opportunities in the form usually of challenges in life, in business, where we have to evolve. It's a requirement. You don't get to choose. You're doing it anyway. And what I'm here to say is I would love you to evolve on purpose. I would love you to feel supported in your own evolution. Hence the reason why I have put Evolve together. I also think that in order to create our own success, what success looks and feels like genuinely to us, you know, that line that I talked about, like if that's the outcome that I want to generate and that's the development that I know I need to do to get to that outcome, I want you to plan in that underline, that parallel and required and necessary underline that is the self-support for your own evolution. I don't want you to go, okay, cool. So I've got these goals that are external to me and I've got these goals. Uh, so, you know, I want to step my business forward in these ways, or I want to move forward in my career in that way. And I know that the personal development, the skills that I need to develop are X, Y, and Z. I want you to know how to evolve your thought patterns, your self-concept, your habitual behaviors 
that is supportive of that evolution as opposed to doing the things and using what I talked about earlier, force, pressure, shame to get there because you can, you can do it that way. And that's where you see people get to the point where they've got this success, but they don't feel successful on the inside. I don't want that for you. So if you're not able to join us in Evolve, I hope this episode has served you. If you are able to join us in Evolve, I bloody hope that this episode has given you a rocket up your arse to get in contact with me and get the links or just go on tlb.org.uk forward slash Evolve and join us. The doors close on Thursday evening and I really hope to see you in there. As always, please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.